Thanks again for checking out Moving Up the Ladder here on LJN Radio. I'm Tim Muma, and for this episode, we're going to take a look at humor's role in the workplace and specifically the use of improv skills as well. Now, making his second appearance on LJN Radio, we have Matt Kempel. He is the founder of the Milwaukee Comedy Festival as well as the live events producer for Milwaukee Comedy. So he definitely has some terrific perspectives for us today when it comes to humor, improv, and the workplace. Matt, thanks for coming on the show once again. Thanks for having me back. You know, obviously, uh, the comedy humor side of things I I enjoy, and I like being able to talk with you about it, obviously, with your experiences and and everything that you know about it. Let's take comedy into the workplace just briefly. Maybe get your overall thoughts on if it has a role, if it can be effective. Uh, What's your overall take of looking at the use of humor in sort of your typical workplace? Just generally speaking, comedy is a tool that people use to you know, on a very simple level, get people to like you. Sure. So using humor in a proper way, especially in the workplace, can make you a more likable employee. It can make you a better hire for Mm. a certain company. And some companies really seek out humor in employees. But of course, with all that great stuff, there can certainly be some (laughs) negative things that happen. The wrong kind of joke, you know, Mm -hmm. bringing up politics or religion or, you know, something like that that isn't necessarily work friendly can cause a lot of problems. Or just not being funny and thinking you're funny, that can certainly be (laughs) a negative quality too. Right. No, I think think that's a good point as far as, you know, humor obviously is subjective, but you don't want to fall on deaf ears with something like that. Right. I mean, do you talk with corporations, you talk with companies about helping them in that way, utilizing humor or any other aspect of comedy? Yeah. And a lot of what I have done with some larger companies is working more with marketing teams or working with management and talking about, you know, using comedy as an effective tool, not just to sell a product, but to talk with your customers Mm -hmm. and talk with your fellow employees and things like that. I mean, I'm sure we've all been sitting in meetings where you're sitting there thinking there's absolutely no reason that I should be sitting here. This is so boring. I think that all the time. Katie can attest to that. Uh, I'm not a fan of meetings, but anyway, go ahead. But adding a little bit of humor to things can really help. One way you see this right away is, you know, if you're looking at your Facebook or your Twitter feed Mm -hmm. or even LinkedIn and you see, you know, maybe some relevant articles to things that you're interested in, but you see something that's really funny and that gets a whole lot more attention than something that's maybe about, you know, somebody's hobbies or, you know, photos of their family or things like that. But a a funny photo of your family that, you know, can get a lot more reach and a lot more excitement from people. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, using humor as a tool can be really effective. And like I said, just kind of touching on with marketing and trying to sell a product. But there's some huge companies that have tried to use humor in, in different ways. I believe it was Delta actually made a really funny not an advertisement, but a video that would play to encourage people to buckle their seatbelts. Oh, yeah. Yep. And it was huge. People, they got people who have ridden in airplanes every single day or, you know, multiple <laughs> times a week, ignore everything that the the flight attendants are saying. And then they created this really funny video. Right. Like there was one guy that was bringing like a full-size typewriter onto the plane <laughs> instead of a laptop, you know, and it's yeah. talking about storing things correctly. And But using humor, it got the entire plane on, you know, multiple flights to be engaged Mm -hmm. in safety. Sure. And that's something that could literally save hundreds of people's lives if people are doing the things that they're supposed to be doing. So, you know, using humor in a proper way can really be effective. Right. No, I think that I think that is a cool example. As you said, something that a lot of people normally would just brush off or not pay attention to. I think just just grabbing them in that way. You know, when we brought up this subject originally to, to talk about this as a topic on the show, you had mentioned the idea also of improv being 
an area where people could really learn and especially the skills that are involved to do that. Um, so I want to touch on that a little bit. I, first, I want to get your take on how you would define improv. Because I think a lot of people just think of it and they hear, you know, it's just it's chaos. It's it's randomness. It's I don't know how people do it. But how do you <laughs> define it? I mean, you're in the business. How do you break it down? How do you define it? I would say on just a basic, simple level, mm-hmm. improv is reacting in a positive way to whatever's happening. So, for Hmm. example, doing improv comedy on stage, let's say you and I are doing a scene together, the idea of staying positive and trying to further what's happening there. So that concept is brought down to a very simple saying. It's called yes and. And that concept really just comes down to agreeing with what's happening Mm -hmm. and then offering more to the situation. So in a comedy scene, you might come into the room and say, oh my gosh, there's a purple zebra outside. (laughs) And if we're in a scene together and I say, oh, I don't see a purple zebra, well, that scene just ended and nobody's having any fun. But if I react to that in a natural way and oh my gosh, you're correct, there is a purple (laughs) zebra out there and he's coming right for us, that creates a situation where the scene can go somewhere and there's something interesting that can happen out of that. So obviously, a lot of times there there can be really great funny scenes that happen on stage. So, you know, how do you, you're not going to, I would uh, assume you're not going to come across a purple zebra in the office environment, unless that's a nickname for somebody in accounting or something. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> do you then affirm that, though? I don't know if that's... Right. You want to make sure that's, yeah, uh, yeah. that's not a negative connotation <laughs> for that person. You know, taking the idea of yes and in the business environment can relate, I would say, to almost any field. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you're in customer service and you are you have a customer that's complaining to you, mm-hmm. a way to take that situation and make it positive is to listen to what they have to say, to, you know, agree that you, you understand the situation and then offer some kind of positive situation, you know, according to what you're supposed to be doing. Sure. But in a business environment and, in, in, say, a planning team meeting. Mm -hmm. You have a group of people trying to work on a project together. You can have a lot of bad ideas. Not that everybody's idea is bad, but it's amazing how a bad idea can lead to a good idea if you're willing to not say no to somebody. So if somebody comes up with an idea and it's shot down by the group immediately, you never know how that idea could evolve into something huge, Mm -hmm. you know, that's even bigger than the idea you're trying to solve. Taking that concept of yes and and trying to relate it to a positive circumstance, I think, can be really beneficial. I think that's a good example as far as the idea of come up with ideas, as you said, where it can be sort of a firewall if somebody does just kind of stop it there. And what's funny is I'm a big fan of like Norm MacDonald and the kind of that almost genre, I guess, of people. And that's what he always said was that's the biggest thing in improv is you're always affirming. Yeah. No matter what somebody says, it is yes. And I think you do a good job there of initially relating it to the workplace. And I think people understand where that's a positive. How do you get to that point, though, say, as management or as a team member who hears an idea that in their mind they just think that's just the worst idea I've ever heard of? <laughs> I mean, how do we actually well, translate it to just, I mean, is it automatic every time somebody says something, yes, and? I mean, is that as simple as that? Well, in a way, yes, it is. But improv, I think I mentioned this the first time I was on, improv really is a muscle mm. and a tool. So right. if you're a marathon runner, you you have some training that's involved to run a marathon. I have never run a marathon, okay. so I would be reluctant <laughs> to run out, you know, uh, 20 miles tomorrow. Right. But I might start with trying half a mile okay. and then going two miles and then trying to go, you know, three and a half or four miles until I get to the point where I'm, I'm there. Right. And improv really is a learned trait that needs to be practiced and it needs to be worked on, you know, hopefully in a group. 
Mm -hmm. So one way that you can kind of take that idea and use it in a positive way is somebody has a, let's say a bad idea. And I've been in improv scenes that I thought this is the worst scene. I cannot believe we're starting this scene out (laughs) talking about a toaster. But then the scene evolves into something and it turns into something really positive. And then you end up realizing, oh my gosh, that was one of the best scenes I'd ever been in. That's happened to me more times than I can count. So in a, in a business environment, sometimes it can be helpful to actually have training as far as improv training, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's just as simple as taking people's ideas and not shooting them down right away right. and thinking, okay, well, that's not necessarily the direction we're looking at, but how can that relate to what we're trying to figure out? And sometimes just being open to that idea can actually cause your brain to to react in different ways and and different synapses fire in your brain and can actually lead to more positive conversation and 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 problem solving. So it's sort of the idea I guess you could relate to if you you have a big problem you're working on mm-hmm. and you're losing sleep over it and you know tossing and turning and you all of a sudden you wake up in the middle of the night or pop up from tossing and turning you think right. oh I got it sure. this is how you fix that. Well a lot of times with improv it it sort of helps train your brain in that way so that you're able to get there a lot faster. So I, I apologize. I know that can be kind of no. I, I could, no. I, I think I think it's a good analogy. I think it does help people get that. My question would be: How about that initial idea, though? Being able to really step out and because to me that was always the one thing that would hold me back from doing something like improv would be the fear, right? Because of just bombing. Because you you don't have the. I mean, you, you can plan something out and bomb also, but just. Trying to come I do up with that initial idea. I'm constantly failing. So take that in the workplace, though. I mean, I think people a lot of times, they, they don't want to be seen as stupid, so they don't ever come up with that first idea that might get everything going. How well, do you get them to start there? Well, and a big part of that is you just need to also be, and this is sort of management's job, they right. need to ensure that it's a safe environment for people to mm-hmm. be able to express those ideas. So if you're in an environment where maybe those ideas wouldn't be perceived in a very positive way on a regular basis, that might mean that some changes in the workplace might have to take place. Sure. Maybe not dramatically, but in small ways, just allowing people to talk and have their ideas heard. It's a trust factor. In this exactly. Case, okay. So really having management trust their employees and vice versa, employees trusting other employees, management trusting management, whatever the, the case may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, being open doesn't mean that you have to agree with people. Right. It just means that you're willing to listen to what they have to say. And you know, as we've been talking here, I, I wonder if people have noticed that in talking about the improv side, it really isn't a focus on humor necessarily. Right. It is a lot of the other things you've been talking about. And one nice thing about improv is nine times out of 10, if you're being honest with what the circumstances on stage are. Right. So for example, the purple zebra example, (laughs) that's a funny concept. So you don't have to try to be funny in that scene. Reacting to a purple zebra naturally is going to be funny. Um, In the same way that You know, if I say, oh, look, there's a purple zebra and you don't react naturally and you're like, yep, there he is, you know, that again, (laughs) that can kind of end a scene in a way. But if you react in just the, you know, the way that you would naturally. If you really saw I literally see a purple zebra. Oh, my gosh. We got to get the camera. Let's get the kids. Let's get everybody get a, you know, a photo and then we're going to ship it to the zoo. You know, there's a plot that starts to develop there. Mm -hmm. Maybe it turns into a money making scheme. Maybe it turns into a (laughs) a zebra. I could definitely see that. Yeah. Maybe the zebra ends up on television um, and he talks. Who knows? But again, it's all about just being honest with the moment and trying to be truthful. Again, 
applying that to the workplace. If an idea is bad or isn't necessarily what you're looking for, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But being honest and saying, well, that particular idea doesn't work, but this aspect of it, you know, we could use that in this other project that we're thinking of, or, oh, we make toothpicks, but this is a great idea for our car division that we're hoping to start next year. This is why I don't sell toothpicks or cars. Um, <laughs> Might work. <laughs> Who knows? Who One knows? day. Uh, hopefully nobody steals that idea. <laughs> well, that's what I wanted to ask too, though. Can you be taught to, and you said it's a, it's muscle memory and it's, it's practicing, but can you be taught kind of that initial perspective as far as improv? Can you bring in your team into an organization and have a, a one-day workshop and oh, really yeah. get them to, to think in that way? Oh, absolutely. There's a lot of fun games that you can play okay. that, uh, I mean, it's amazing to me the kinds of games that end up working best for corporate environments mm. work best with kids and teenagers <laughs> because they're designed to get you to react immediately and okay. not think about what. So one thing I can say d- definitely as an improviser is that a lot of times kids are better improvisers. And the reason is because they're one they have a little bit more innocence mm-hmm. to them. So they s- can say things that may not sound innocent, but are, and there's a lot of humor that can come out of that. Sure. But they also don't censor themselves, which mm-hmm. is really what I think the point comes down to. If I'm up on stage and I've been doing improv for a long time, I might censor myself because I think something is funnier than something else. So if I initially think purple zebra, but I wait a minute and then I'm like, no, I'm going to go elephant. Well, a zebra might have been the funnier choice. Right. So since I censored myself, I'm not necessarily getting the best result, Okay. Uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I think it does. So what we've done in the past working with companies, uh, and some of them Fortune 500 companies, it's been really exciting to work with teams and play these crazy games. And a lot of them are just kind of, like I said, designed rapid fire right. to get you to not think, you know, and you get a little crazy and you it's a little wacky, but they're all safe and fun mm-hmm. and everybody looks stupid, you know, so it's okay. You <laughs> right. can kind of, you're in a safe environment where everybody is the same level of stupid. So it's okay <laughs> to, you know, jump on one foot or, you know, put your elbow up in the air in a crazy way mm-hmm. and everybody reacts to that. There's hundreds and hundreds of games that you can play. And usually what we've done in the past is taken different improv games and talked with our clients and figured out, you know, what are your goals? What are you trying to get out of this? What do you want your team to be able to do in the end? And then we can take different games and put them together in a certain way so that that's the best benefit to to the customer. Now, you're obviously not that old, but I don't know. I wondered (laughs) if you had any perspective for those who can't see. Matt is a strapping young man. Um, Do you have any perspective on if that's changed as far as maybe 20 years ago, would something like this even be accepted in the workplace to sort of change that perspective or or come in and almost have some fun and and really eliminate those sensors? Do you have any, like I said, any perspective on if that has changed in recent years? I I would say so. I I mean, I'm 35, so Mm -hmm. I know I'm I'm young as far as the business world is concerned, but I have a lot of experience in this, almost 20 years experience. True. But- I would say 20 years ago, no, there there was a lot more closed-mindedness mm-hmm. to this sort of thing. And it took a lot of 
large companies thinking differently to really change that. And sure. I think the most obvious one is the tech industry. Mm -hmm. You have companies like Apple and Google that really changed the work environment. And, and uh, I guess Facebook would be another good example. They literally changed the work environment to get more creativity out of their employees. And I, I think you could argue that it's been pretty successful. Yeah. And I'm just noticing from where I'm sitting that the business world is starting to accept those kinds of factors in a little bit uh, a little bit easier than they would have a number of years ago. Sure. But uh, it's not just those companies. Part of it is just making comedy more accessible to people. Here in Milwaukee, we're able to see comedy shows pretty much every weekend right. and be exposed to that kind of humor. Okay. But as well as, you know, TV, movies, there's a lot of television shows that have a basic script written, but a lot of the dialogue ends up being improvised, right. you know, and you end up having um, really great television based out of that. So I think it is something that it certainly existed 20 years ago, but it wasn't necessarily something that companies even realized was a valuable tool for them. Sure. And it's amazing now, just in the last couple of years, there's articles in Forbes and Fast Company. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of these different publications, New York Times, have all written articles about how positive humor and comedy can be in the workplace. Yeah, no, I, I think that is cool. And I agree with you that, you know, the tech industries may have started that boom. But as you said, I think it is becoming more accepting. You know, we're getting close to our time here. You mentioned, of course, the idea of how obviously we're looking at this from also a tool standpoint, how you can use it in the workplace. Another area that a lot of employers often bring up concerns about is problem solving and critical thinking. Sure. How does improv play a role there to help? Well, I mean, going right back to the idea of yes and, if you have a problem in front of you and you really don't know what the solution is, one way that improv can help with that is the idea of yes and. So yes to that situation is accepting the, the problem for what it is. So mm -hmm. let's say there's a catastrophic problem with your company, say your warehouse burns down or, you know, there's a, a mass employee influx or, you know, whatever these major problems can be, that mm -hmm. can be devastating to a company, let alone the people in charge of that company. Sure. And I can understand, you know, it, there's going to be a moment where you have to stop and think, okay, what do we do? How do we fix this? There's no way to get out of this. And one thing that improv can really help with is just staying positive hmm. when negativity really uh, takes place. Sure. So accepting the circumstances for what they are and then figuring out a solution from there. Thinking about that yes and philosophy, okay, this situation has happened, but we can at least do this or we have this in place or right. you know whatever the, we still have the house in Malibu whatever the situation <laughs> may be um i'm still waiting on my house in Malibu but you Good know, luck someday with, that. with improv i think i'm sure i can get there <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, just taking that idea i it certainly may not make you feel better mm. but it might help the situation look a little bit more brighter sure. depending on how bad it could be what would you offer up to, I guess there are two perspectives on this. What would you offer up to, one, an organization who feels like they need help in this area, whether it's creativity or just opening up that kind of window for ideas? And also from the individual's perspective, maybe, you know, somebody listening is at a place of work where that, you know, they don't really feel like there's that development piece. What could they do to start that process for themselves, maybe improve themselves? What could you offer up those two perspectives? You know, two things you could do right away without having to even leave your desk or go out and take a comedy class, you know, because mm -hmm. I know that can really take people outside of their comfort zone. A lot of people aren't necessarily interested or willing to do that sort of thing. Right. But one thing you can do is just look some things up online as far as using humor or using improv skills in a more positive way. 
I'd say look up everything you can on the process of improv hmm. and not necessarily looking to pursue it as a, as a career or anything like right. that. There's a lot of information about that. But looking at just the basic ideas of improv, and I, I feel, uh, of course, I'm in the industry, so I'm a little <laughs> biased, but I feel like those skills are very translatable to a lot of skills in the business world right. very easily taking a look at that. And then another way to do it is looking at other companies and the way that they might do things. And not necessarily just your competitors in sure. the company, but look at totally different industries from what you're doing and ways they've solved problems. And a lot of those end up coming either via humor or creative thinking, thinking mm -hmm. outside of the box in a way that nobody had thought before. I think Again, improv isn't necessarily the answer. It's not going to solve all of your problems. It's just one of the many tools in your toolkit that can be really valuable. So using it in the right way and using it, I think, on a regular basis, knowing, you know, strengthening those muscles and then knowing when that tool is useful can really help. And then taking it beyond the desk, right. you know, there's a lot of ways that you can do team building exercises with your team or your entire company. We, of course, do that, but all over the country, there's a lot of really fantastic organizations that do that sort of thing. Even just going to a comedy show uh, with coworkers can right. be a really great way of just a bonding experience and just using comedy as a tool in that way. Sure. Matt, awesome stuff. I think uh, you know some good advice for the listeners out there, no matter where they fall on the ledger. And I think some, as you said, it could be some helpful tools for them in there, whether they're a whole organization or themselves as an individual. So thanks for coming on and sharing with us. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. And that will do it for us here on Moving Up the Ladder. Once again, we are speaking with Matt Kempel, the founder of the Milwaukee Comedy Festival. He's also the live events producer for Milwaukee Comedy, as we've been talking about humor and improv in the workplace and really some of the skills you can utilize to be successful in your career. If you want to get back to us with any feedback, you can send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at the LJN. And of course, we encourage you to check out iTunes for all of our podcasts you can just search LJN Radio in the iTunes store. For everyone here at LJN Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.